Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 34 George. We named the Hoya plant hanging in our kitchen George. That might have been his second name, because there was about a year there where we didn't call him anything, and then when we thought about it, we couldn't remember if his name had been George or not, but George he became. George really only started growing about three years ago. He was pretty stable the first five or six years we were here in the house, not really growing or dying, just hanging out and taking stock of the situation. Finally, he seemed to have figured out that that was all the light he was getting, and started sending out new shoots, climbing up the old 70s goldenrod macrame hanger he was in, and exploring along the ceiling. We kept him from digging into the drywall, and we were hoping that in a few years he might be happy enough to produce some flowers. George is our only houseplant, just because of the arrangement of windows and counters in the house. He's been hanging in our kitchen as long as we've been in the house, getting watered on Wednesdays, and being a silent companion when we're cooking and eating. Until this weekend. Because George isn't hanging in the kitchen anymore. I sent him home with Mom and Dad, so they could foster him until we get in the new house. Dad will make sure he has a nice new pot, and we'll give him a trellis to grow on, but I'm sure he won't be particularly happy about the change of scenery. Lord knows it took him long enough to get used to this house as it was. The place where George used to hang is empty. I do a double take every time I walk by. But that's not the only empty place in the house. All our books are packed. So are the movies and games from the media center and most of the cookbooks. We are woefully short of little knickknacks and small things because we use them to fill up small, not book-sized spaces in the boxes of books. The figureheads are down from the dining room and the holes are filled. I even packed most of my spindles. And starting today, we're going to be eating our way through the deep freeze in the staples, because our house is sold, and we have to move into temporary accommodations for about six weeks before the new house will be ready. Mom and Dad came up this weekend to help completely fill the pod with the things we won't need. Mom and I packed, Dad did his Tetris magic, and suddenly the house is empty. I liked the house when it was clean and tidy, ready to be shown, but this empty house, it leaves me feeling unsettled. Saturday night was the first time I had to really sit, with nothing house-related to do that I was only avoiding. But I couldn't escape the idea that there was something I'd forgotten, something that I needed to do. Four weeks of packing to show and then packing to move will do that. I worked on the tapestry a little bit, and then on a colorwork hat, and still couldn't shake it. I've done a lot of talking lately about routine. Probably because the way mine has been switching up over the last couple of months has me desperate for something to hang on to. First it was the working from home, then the getting the house ready to sell. Now, when I can finally take a couple of months and get back to a schedule of knitting groups and homework, the house I live in doesn't look like home anymore. It makes me restless, like I really do need to move on to the next thing, that there is something else that I've forgotten. I wander around, looking at the empty shelves and in nooks and crannies, searching for what it is I've neglected to take care of. When Mom and Dad left... They said that there was nothing physical left for us to do, and they're right. The things that are left are logistical. Movers, mail, utilities, lawyers. 
finalizing our temporary accommodation. I can take the time to do homework again, to knit and spin and nibble away at my works in progress. I can take the time to learn the layout software to make little scale cutouts of all our furniture so we can figure out how to arrange the new house. I can let my poor knee and stomach and neck and shoulders and hips and head have a chance to heal up a little bit. I can get back to the podcast and the blog. And I can give myself permission to feel like I'm camping out in my own house and to feel unsettled by that because it's nothing but the truth. It's only going to be for four months or so. The place I found to rent is simply lovely and will make for a nice stop between the old house and the new one. I have a library card if I need books or something to watch. I have time again from my previous routine of fiber arts. Fiber week falls right in the middle. And George, well, George will be well looked after until we're ready to bring him home. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Well, that was an insane month. Really, really crazy. I don't recommend uh, trying to do homework and move at the same time because something's going to give and the moving, you kind of have to do that. So anyhow, the house is sold. It was on the market uh, for 36 hours. We had six showings and, uh, and then we had an offer. So So that was good. All the conditions are off and we are good to go. Uh, It does mean, though, that there's a gap between when we're in the new house and the old house. And given the fact that I lost this whole month to homework, I I decided to ask for the extension. I emailed Olds College and uh, gave my reasons, both health and (laughs) moving, and, uh, and was granted the extension. So I have until October, end of October, 2014 to finish my level three homework. And I'm on the one end, I'm not happy about having to take it again, the extension, but on the other, Oh boy, Oh boy. Am I grateful for it? So I also signed up for level four. So I am registered for the class. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm still, despite everything that's going on, I am still aiming to finish off my uh, my master spinner on schedule 2017. So with that said, it's now time to get back to the homework. On uh, when was it? Sunday, I think it was. I uh, or possibly Saturday. Some day this week, maybe Friday. <laughs> they all run together. I sat down with the two skeins that I'd spun: the woolen skein and the silk warp, and made the the ten yard skeins for the workbook for them. Started with the silk, that may have been a mistake. Because as I was trying to reskein it, it tangled. And it tangled pretty badly. It took me about an hour to to wrangle it. And I mean I don't mind necessarily tangles. I really just didn't need that at that point. But that's okay. I got it untangled. I got the ten yard skein out. And I should have enough left for the sample, I hope. It is, however, not <clears throat> not very even. And not, I believe I was spinning it for 12 wraps per inch. Or not uh, 12 wraps, 12 twists per inch. 
it's not. So I have to, I have to sit down and spin, you know, I have to sit down and, and do some spinning and work on getting that, that even TPI. So I think I'm I'm going to take part of this week and figure out a plan, how to approach it and how to just get some time in spinning, not maybe necessarily for homework, but just to spin because I haven't been doing enough of it. And I think that's part of the problem. So anyhow, uh, the, so I have the 10 yard skein off for uh, the silk warp, the woolen again, not as even as I'd like even enough at this point. I, I'm just going to go with it. You know, I'm, I'm not, if I had more time, and I know I'm taking the extension, but if I had more time, I would work at, at getting them more even. At this point, I need to spin and spin a lot. So I think that's what I'm going to do instead. And you know what, if I get to a point where I'm getting consistent TPI and, and, uh, and wraps for inch and, and everything, then I might redo it. You know, I, it depends on how much time I'm going to have once we're, once we're in the rental and after fiber week. So, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make a plan, spend some time spinning over the next couple of weeks and then, and then decide what I'm going to do with the homework. But I have the extension. It gives me the breathing room and I am happy about that. So, uh, yes. All right. Level two, we're almost done. Exercise E1, the module is called yarn and fiber calculations. And this is the sweater calculations. Um, if you if you're in level two or have heard of level two, it's the sweater calculation exercise. And it's interesting. You can you usually start this in class. I don't know. The thing is that you, you should use a, this a consistent scale. Like the you should use the same scale for the whole of the exercise. So it may be worth doing it at home instead. But the idea of uh, yarn and fiber calculations is how much raw fleece are you going to need to knit a final project? Because there's a loss involved in washing and there's loss involved in prepping. And you need to know what that, those percentages are in order to calculate how much raw fleece you're going to need for a, for a specific project. So in this case, they have you do uh, calculations for a sweater. And for me, I just chose um, the house sweater from Charmed Knits, the Harry Potter uh, knitting pattern book, just because it's a simple stockinette v-neck with very little patterning. Um, So the pattern, this one called for a DK weight wool, and uh, and the size I would make would be for the 42-inch chest. So based on those calculations, uh, I needed um, 500 or 1,508 meters of commercial yarn for for this particular one so i i started with merino and to make it easy start with 100 grams of raw fleece and then wash it and see how much you lose i lost uh 26 of the original weight in washing that's a lot and then prepping i decided to comb it for worsted combing is a high loss uh preparation so I lost, uh, again, 32% of the washed fleece. And then I spun what I had left. Or was it? No, I spun about 34 meters 
of yarn and it weighed 17 grams. So then you figure out your meters per gram and then you swatch. And then you figure out how many swatches. Well, first of all, you figure out how many meters are in your swatch. Then you figure out how many swatches you'd need for the sweater, approximately. And uh, then what? Figure out the surface area of the sweater based on your approximate um, calculation. And then, based on the size of your swatch, how many swatches would it take to knit for that surface area? Now, my calculation came short of the 1,500 commercial yards that it said. Mine came out to 1,335. And then you sort of reverse the process. If this is how much you need, how much prepared fiber do you need? How much washed wool do you need? And then from there, how much raw fleece do you need? So for this particular sweater, I needed uh, 1.4 kilograms of raw merino in order to knit this sweater. So it's it's interesting. You also calculate um, how much time it would take you to spin uh, this particular sweater's worth of yarn. And in my case, it was about 60 hours to spin it. So... You know, it's it's an interesting calculation to go through because it starts you thinking about spinning for a project and figuring out how to spin for a project and, and teaches you how to sample and what to do with your sample once you're done. So so that I found that a really useful exercise. And, and yeah, like I said, it, it starts you thinking about project spinning. If I want to spin for a sweater, what do I need to do? How much do I need? And then to sample and see if you like the fabric. So I was particularly happy with my swatch. You know, I didn't think it looked too bad. In terms of marks, guess where I lost marks? Just guess. I, I'm to try for a smooth, less textured yarn. My yarn was sometimes underspun. So yes, lost some marks there. Um, also, I measured my angle of twist a little higher than, uh, than, it, uh, than, Gra- uh, than Gail did but my TPI and wraps per inch were accurate and my calculations were correct. So, so yeah, it's a really useful exercise. In fact, you know, if you, if you, even if you're not going to do the levels, it's worth taking the time to sort of just even do this exercise because it, it really, and I know it's math and I know everybody hates math. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people hate math. But if you are going to spin for a project, it's worthwhile doing something like this to prove to yourself that you can do it. And and also so that you know in basically in what order the calculations go and how they work. So so yeah, if if you're just listening and not doing the levels, I, this exercise I highly recommend doing. So I don't even know. Maybe I I'll have to figure out if I can find something online where someone has done something similar and link to it. Uh, Cause I'm pretty sure I can't link to the workbook, but, but yeah, so that's exercise E1 from level two. There are only two things left to talk about for level two. So we'll be done before I move out of this house, which will be kind of sad. I am a little sad to leave the house, but, but, uh, but it's, I'm really happy about the new house. Anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Two weeks from now, I should have more done on homework for level three, or at least, well, no, I'm going to have more done for homework for level three, and I will have a plan. 
uh, as to how to get a little bit more spinning time in. So that's the Fiber Week update. Fiber Notes. I didn't get a lot of work done at home on projects, but it was it was nice to be able to take projects to work and work on them a little bit, and also to knitting groups. Yeah, I was actually able to get back to some knitting groups. The The week that the house sold was a little trickier because uh, I, I missed the Wednesday group because we were dealing with the offer. It was kind of, yeah. Did I mention that the last couple of weeks have been insane? Anyway, but uh, but overall, I've actually gotten quite a bit done in being able to just go to the knitting groups and also uh, go to work. So as I mentioned in my abbreviated episode last time, for which you all have my most sincere apologies, um, I finished the chronic pain doll, um, the actual knitting part of it, and I washed the doll in the washing machine just to get it all fluffed up. It's red heart, so it kind of needed to be um, beat up in the washing machine a little bit. Um, I haven't gotten around to the embroidering yet, though. Uh, there's been a lot to do, and and really I need to sit there with the my five boxes of embroidery floss open and look for colors and things. I need about one full weekend working on the Chronic Pain doll to get it finished. And, uh, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to do that next weekend, which would be good. But I really enjoyed the construction. Like it, there were bits of it that were hard... Uh, hard for me on my hands because again it's 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 a doll so it's knitted a tighter gauge for the yarn and also it was red heart <laughs> so um so that was a little more difficult but I think in a in a really nice wool say cascade um with just that little bit more give I think it would be a really really easy knit and uh, and like I said the construction on this doll is fantastic and brilliant so Really enjoyed that. And if you have the book, I, I think that's a, it's a really good first project because there's from the book because there's no seaming involved. Uh, just just picking up of stitches and not even because you're, you're, you're holding them anyway. So my doll is a little skewed. Um, I, it's it's not quite front to back on the doll part, but you can't really tell because the skirts are folding over. So it's all good. So yeah, I need about a weekend to get that all embroidered, and then I will be sending it off to the London School of Economics and, uh, and my friend uh, for to be part of the Communicating Chronic Pain project. So, so once the doll was done, I started working on uh, the sweater sleeves again. And way, way back, I uh, this is the Miriam sweater. Way, way back, I talked about I was just going to knit for one whole ball of yarn, and and then see where I was at. Well, I did. And uh, you're to knit till the sleeves are about 13 inches. Yeah, I was only at 10. So I had to break into two more balls of yarn to finish the sleeves. However, they are they are a really good length, which is good to, at that 13 inches. But that meant I only had one full ball left. And now I know I didn't use too much for the top half of the sleeves or the top part of the sleeves, but I used enough. So I'm, I'm a little, at this point, I'm cautiously optimistic that I have enough yarn to finish the sweater. I, uh, I've been, I've attached the sleeves and I'm about halfway through the raglan decreases. 
uh, and then I'll start the the yoke and the and the collar. I've just started the second ball of yarn that I'd broken into for the sweater sleeves. So, and then I still have one full ball left. So like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic that I have enough yarn to finish the sweater. But again, part of the reason why I'm I'm bringing this to work is first of all, it's simple knitting, which is nice. And second of all, if I need to make a knit picks order, I'd like to do that sooner rather than later before our mail gets all screwed up. So, um, and it's looking really good. And this is the perfect time of year for a sweater like that. So I'm hoping to get it done sooner rather than later. So it's my work project and also my knitting group project. It's going back and forth to knitting groups with me. So hopefully sooner rather than later, that one will be finished. Oh, and then it's a sweater and it, I'm hoping it's going to actually fit this time. I actually did take the time uh, to tear back all of the cabled sweater um, a couple weeks ago, I think it was. And it was kind of sad to tear it all back, but uh, but on the other hand, now I have lots of red yarn and I have plans for a blanket for that. Later, not right now. I did start a new project. Um, I, I needed some distraction from the craziness uh, that's been going on the last few weeks. So I signed up for um, the swap in one of my Ravelry groups. And part of this swap is you needed to have a crown for your swap partner. And and there was... That doesn't necessarily mean a hat, but I decided to do a hat because I found the perfect pattern to go with everything else that I'm putting in my swap box pattern is called the Winterthorn hat. I will link to it in the show notes. It's a color work hat and uh, and it's each panel, it's it's an eight panel hat, it's a slouchy hat. Each panel all the way around is different. So it's it's very much a picture, it's very much a basically a, it's like a stained glass dome. And I found stash yarn for it. And here's the funny part. The The pattern calls for uh, fingering white yarns and and a 2.75 millimeter needle. Now I have a 2.75 millimeter needle. These two stash yarns, when I look at them on Ravelry, they're listed as DK in sport. There's no way they're DK in sport. They are so fingering. <laughs> it's not even funny how how much they are fingering and not DK. My sweater is DK. These yarns, they're not. So, so I guess that's my warning. Even if uh, Ravelry says that a yarn is something, it may not be. Anyhow, the, uh, the two yarns I'm using, I'll link to them in the show notes as well. Uh, one is white and one is a long color repeat yellow, or sorry, red to orange. So I've got a real sort of sunset going on in, uh, in my hat. It's really pretty, and I think, I don't know, I'm I'm about 20 rows away from starting the decreases. There may be enough yarn left for, for another hat. I really like it, so I may consider doing it for myself as well. But, uh, but it's going really quickly. I started it a week ago today, and, and yeah, I'm 20 rows away from starting the decreases, and after that, it's just going to fly, so... I've, I screwed up on one panel slightly, um, but I managed to 
fix it or, or carry along and make it look okay. But it's a really pretty pattern. So that's what I'm working on. Um, more work on the sweater in the next couple weeks. Also finishing off that hat and seeing what else is in my bin of works in progress. Notion box. I want to thank everyone for bearing with me while I tried to get myself back on track. There really wasn't much to talk about last week. And, uh, and I really don't want to re-listen to my essay because I'm pretty sure it doesn't make any sense at all. But, uh, but thank you all so very much. And thank you for those who listed uh, or posted what, uh, what you accomplished in the two weeks of the last episode. I really enjoyed reading about what everybody had accomplished and what everybody was proud of. So I put everybody's name in, uh, in a spreadsheet and did their random generator, random number generator. And, uh, and the first winner is Stitching Maniac. And uh, the second winner is Mom and Dad. But they told me to uh, draw somebody else. So the second winner uh, is, uh, I'm going to screw this up, FRK Strick from Ravelry. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, for those who don't know, I had an article published in the most recent issue of Spinoff. Just a little article about Fiber Week and, uh, and you know, some pictures of me and, and all the stuff going on at Fiber Week. Anyway, I have an extra copy. I know where I can get another extra copy. And what I was thinking was I would sign the article. I know, silly. I'll, I'll autograph the article and send you a copy of the magazine. So Stitching Maniac and FRK Strick, please contact me on Ravelry and let me know your mailing address and I will get copies of the magazine out to you. Thank you to everybody who entered and we'll see how long it's going to be before I'm able to run the next side bet. By the Wayside On Saturday, Mom and Dad went visiting some old family friends who live near here, and so I was by myself in the house, and and it was tapestry night, and I was, I was a little taken aback by that. Tapestry, I don't even remember where I was at with the tapestry. That's how long it had been. But I pulled it out, and, and like I said in the essay, I was a little unsettled by just being able to sit and actually just work on something. So I didn't get too much done on the tapestry. It was only the one Saturday night and then only for about an hour and a half. But it turns out where I was at was uh, getting started with the filling in on the shields because they were all done outlining. So I did get started on that and uh, and I didn't get too far. I was just working on yellow. So I got, got, I think, four four strands in. That's not too bad, all facts considering. I'm really, I'm going to take this week to sort of settle back into the routine and figure out exactly what it is that I used to do before I was working on the house. So that'll be good too. And then, uh, yeah, then hopefully next Saturday night, I'll be able to sit down and finish off the shields, which would be, which would be fantastic. So yeah, not much to talk about on By the Wayside. But, uh, but it was really nice to sit down again and, and actually see where I was at with the tapestry and get to work on it again. So 
That's the By the Wayside update. Thank you for joining me for episode 34. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 35 on May 4th, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.